Dogs As They Are is the first ebook from Canine Nation. It is a look at our dog's biology, ethology, and the ways our dogs try to fit into our very human world. It's available at most online booksellers, and there is more information on how you can get it at the end of this podcast. Welcome to Canine Nation Audio Edition. It's Tuesday, October 16th, 2012. Canine Nation is a regular feature column that runs on the Life as a Human online magazine. Life as a Human features articles about what it means to be human, the good, the bad, and the enlightening. This column explores what it means to be human in our relationship with dogs. You can find it at lifeasahuman.com. To get directly to Canine Nation, go to caninenation.lifeasahuman.com. A complete archive of all the Canine Nation articles can be found there. Hi, I'm Eric Brad. Canine Nation is about learning, understanding, and living successfully with our dogs. Modern animal training techniques based on behavioral science can produce amazing results in working with our dogs. Whether your dog is a loved family member or a working dog, a canine athlete, or a trusted companion, Positive training techniques based on science can help you enjoy a more productive and fun relationship with your dog. Join us as we explore the many facets of living with our dogs and taking a fresh look at how we work with them. Whether it's taking a closer look at everyday issues we share with our dogs or busting long-standing myths about training and dog behavior, I hope you find something useful in each of the Canine Nation articles. We're glad you're with us. Now here's this week's installment. Positive Training Beyond the Dogs Let's say you have a killer whale in your backyard. You would need a big tank for sure. Actually, you would probably need more than one tank. After all, how are you going to clean the tank with a killer whale in it? Okay, so you have your two big tanks and your pet killer whale, and it's time to clean one of his tanks. How are you going to get a 9-ton sea mammal out of one tank and into another? If this sounds like a ridiculous problem, it's not. Zoos and marine animal parks deal with problems like this every day. In the case of the Shedd Aquarium in Chicago, there are several habitats or tanks for marine mammals and they are joined so that animals can swim from one tank into another. How do you get a whale to go from one tank into another when you want it to? Simple. You use positive training to teach the whale to move. Ken Ramirez, Director of Training and Animal Husbandry for the Shedd Aquarium, has helped develop training protocols for literally dozens of different animals. Much of that training involves simple behaviors that make the day-to-day -day care and management of animals easier for the humans and much less stressful for the animals. The roots of reinforcement training based on behavioral science were in the science labs at universities. But marine mammal trainers quickly saw the value in positive training techniques and began adopting them as early as the 1960s. Offering a dolphin or a whale a fish for giving them behaviors provided an easy, stress-free, and fun way to teach large marine mammals to do things the trainers wanted. But a simple problem cropped up. 
If there is more than one animal in the tank, how do you provide the reinforcement without creating a competition for the fish? Well, one solution would be to get really good at throwing fish accurately so you can reinforce just the right dolphin for the behavior that he just gave you. But there was an easier way. Why not let the dolphin come to you? Trainers again took a technique from university behavior labs and began using a whistle to mark a correct behavior. The whistle served two purposes. It both marked the exact behavior the trainer was looking for and it also signaled the animal to come to the side of the pool to receive their reward. This mark and reward technique was so successful that many professional animal trainers began using it to train not just sea mammals, but many other species such as horses and bears. Animal Behavior Enterprises, a company founded by Keller and Marion Breland, trained more than 15,000 animals and over 140 different species using their behavioral training techniques. Along with animal trainer Bob Bailey, the Breelands and Animal Behavior Enterprises literally revolutionized animal training with an approach firmly based in science. Among the animals trained by Animal Behavior Enterprises for use in advertising were chickens. Some of these chickens were taught to play short melodies on a toy piano, others were taught to dance on a small platform. Chickens can be difficult to train. They are fast-moving and do not possess the natural affinity to humans that dogs have. This makes them excellent subjects for behavioral training and perfect for helping trainers sharpen their skills with positive training techniques. For nearly 20 years, Terry Ryan of Legacy Canine Behavior and Training has been offering chicken camps to help trainers become more skilled at teaching animals. The same principles that apply to carefully observing, marking, and reinforcing behaviors in chickens also happens to apply to dogs. If you can train a chicken with behavioral techniques, you can certainly use those techniques to teach any dog. Or a rhinoceros, as it happens. What if you could teach a rhinoceros to sit on cue? How about teaching it to lie down and roll on its side on cue? This might sound ridiculous, but that's just what trainers at the Denver Zoo did. And it wasn't just an exercise to see if they could do it. The behaviors are very useful in performing routine maintenance and medical procedures as well. Here's another case. Bird keeper Elsa Mark of the Philadelphia Zoo had an issue with her northern bald ibis. It seemed that these birds developed a skin condition that was related to stress in that particular species. As you might guess, the routine maintenance of the ibis habitat was a very stressful event for these birds. Training the birds to take food from the hand of a keeper, move to a target mat in response to a pointing cue, and even to voluntarily move in and out of transport crates on cue was accomplished in less than three months. And while this overall reduction in stress provided by the training improved the quality of the lives of these ibis, something even more interesting happened. The ibis began to play. For the first time since the ibis had been kept at the Philadelphia Zoo, bird keepers began seeing and recording incidents of individual birds playing with leaves, and then incidents where two or more birds would play the leaf game. The overall reduction in stress that positive training had provided didn't just yield new behaviors in the birds. 
it seemed to allow them to open up to a more fulfilling lifestyle. And the good news doesn't stop here. Lizards, fish, birds of prey, hyenas, and even bears have been trained using behavioral science and reinforcement techniques. There seems to be no end to how behavioral science can be applied to training all kinds of species, even humans. The process of marking and reinforcing desired behaviors in humans is being developed by TagTeach International. Applications of behavioral training have been developed for improving occupational safety, teaching proper techniques in sports, and even working with the autistic and the disabled. It seems like positive training using behavioral science is making a positive contribution in the lives of many animals and many people as well. In a recent online interview, Canadian dog trainer Brad Pattison was quoted as saying that the idea of a chicken camp to teach animal trainers, quote, sounds stupid, unquote. Pattison went on to say, quote, training a chicken isn't going to teach you anything about yourself or your abilities with dogs, unquote. How is it that such a media personality and someone who certifies other dog trainers through his program could be ignorant of the fundamentals of behavioral science and how they apply to training not just chickens, but to all animals, including dogs. There seems to be a separate world in which many dog trainers and dog owners live. In that world, the lessons learned from science about training techniques and principles simply do not apply to dogs. Behavioral and reinforcement training that works on everything from lizards to rhinos to people somehow doesn't work as well on dogs, according to them. They have developed their own training methods involving shock collars, choke chains, intimidation, and fear. And where does their world and the rest of the world come together? Their methods produce the results that people want. They can train well-behaved dogs and do it quickly if getting results is what matters. But it does lead me to wonder how a dog trainer like Brad Pattison would solve the problem of moving a whale with his training methodologies. Could you really use a shock collar to teach a rhino to sit or stay? Maybe Caesar Milan would like to step into an enclosure with a bear and try one of his patented pshht corrections on that bear. Interestingly, Ken Ramirez, the marine mammal trainer, can also train dogs and monkeys and birds. It seems that all of this positive reinforcement behavioral training works on dogs just as it does on dozens of other species. Remarkably, we haven't seen books by Milan, Pattison, or a host of other force trainers showing how their techniques can be used on species other than dogs. Perhaps that's an important point. Perhaps their methods can only work on a species that was bred to work with humans no matter what. Perhaps they only work because the dog is just the right intelligence level, just the right physical size, and has just the right temperament to respond to their force-based approach. Personally, my money is on the training science that works on hundreds of species and not just one. Training is not magic. Training is education. It's teaching. And if everything from fish to birds to people can be taught using positive reinforcement, why would you waste your time with anything else in training your dog? Frankly, I'm baffled. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. 
I hope you enjoyed this edition of Canine Nation. You can find the text version of it at caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. The new Canine Nation ebook, Dogs as They Are, is a collection of essays from the Life as a Human online magazine. Each essay now includes author's notes, and the book includes all new introduction and epilogue essays. You can get Dogs as They Are from the new Canine Nation store. Just go to caninenation.ca forward slash store. We offer Kindle, EPUB, and PDF versions. Or you can click on the store from the menu at the top of the Canine Nation website. Dogs as They Are is also available from most online booksellers, such as Amazon, Kobo.com, and Booktango.com. And it will be coming to other online booksellers, like the Apple iTunes Store, very soon. Just search for Dogs as They Are. It's a great read and only $2.99. You can join our discussion about dogs and dog training on Facebook. Just search for Canine Nation to get to our group. You can ask for membership and we'll add you to our growing family. If you can spread the word about the podcast or link to our caninenation.lifeisahuman.com page, we would certainly appreciate it. That's it for now. Thanks for listening.